This is the Reading Aloud Podcast. I'm Marisol Collette. And I'm Adam Collette. And you love us because we love you. We sure do. And let's get to today's conversation. (laughs) It's my parents' favorite topic. Our sex goal. Although, funny enough, they haven't said a single thing about it. Now, that makes sense because it's like, what are they going to say? Yeah, I mean, why would they bring it up? However, that you know, like in either direction, they haven't made us feel bad about it either. I mean, my parents are honest. Sometimes I was almost expecting my dad to be like, you know, we just don't listen to those. If the title has body soul and adam's super private sex goal in the title super private that we put it on our public podcast that they just passed right over it but that's not what we're going to talk about today but i am going to say how far from done are we i think we're 18 away whoop whoop and where were we three days ago (laughs) (laughs) like 26 away (laughs) Woo. Yeah, we just kind of broke down and we started, you know, counting every time one of us gave the googly eyes. We're like, not true. Not true. But either way, we had a fun weekend. And I think I got a little nervous because we we had a lot to do to get through the end of the year. And we're talking about Neo has a little surgery coming up. I have a procedure. You've got a vasectomy, hopefully. Like, And we've got family coming into town and holidays. And I, I just got nervous. Yeah. And I'm sad about next year. What are you sad about? This has legitimately motivated us in a way that if we don't set the same goal, which it's like you can't ratchet the goal up because this one was a hard one. And then I don't think we want to even. No, no. Right. Right. No, no, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. It's a little excessive. This is already a little excessive. Yeah. I mean, we. Yeah. There. Anyway. Yeah. And then. And so we can't ratchet it up, but you know what? Till the end of time, we're like, this is our goal every year. It's just like, it's been a lot of work and a lot of mental energy. So so what's next year? Back to the basics. Once in a blue moon. I'm less concerned about the number. Like I'm less concerned about like how many next year or whatever. I'm more concerned with how we integrate what we've learned this year through setting the goal that was always the purpose for me the number wasn't like around certain things you were like super goal oriented and like if we don't hit it it's a failure hit it or quit it (laughs) (laughs) good timing on that for me it was never about hitting it (laughs) like achieving that number it was it was always about like what we would learn about our relationship and specifically our sexual relationship through having this goal so I'm curious if you like what you feel like you've learned. Well, I mean, I, I, we've talked about it before, but it's awesome to just think about all the ways in which we have, you know, it's like, what do you do when you're not in the mood? How do you show up for yourself and your person? What does it, le- regardless, what does it lead to if you choose to have sex when you don't want to? Like, how does that improve the relationship? What kinds of, you know, fun outside of the box stuff gets thought about and just opening up doors to things so that you don't go in the opposite direction where you just get more and more and more more rote so those are the things and it's quality time it's less tv it's all those things so i think that that's pretty awesome 
I think for me, the takeaway was we always knew that, you know, sex is a way to create connection in the relationship. But this was a real way to actually generate, I mean, I hate to put it like this, but like some data and really visibly calculate like and then relate that to how much it does benefit the relationship. And it it allowed us like you just mentioned watching less TV. It was a motivation tool to create connection between us through physical contact. For me, that's just a reflection of, okay, wow, like this really is super, super important. Because it's one thing to say something is important for a relationship. Oh, yeah, physical connection is really important for a relationship. Everybody kind of knows some of these things. But to really put it into practice, everybody knows exercise is good for your health. Putting it into practice is the hard part. And when you do put it into practice, you do experience the benefits. And when you experience the benefits, there's a positive feedback loop there. And so, like, for me, this was, like, a a super awesome experience because we created a positive feedback loop for ourselves around intimacy and having sex. I feel like our relationship is just going to receive a ton of benefit from that. So you do think it's brought up more connection? A hundred percent. In a year that has had ups and downs... Um, some really low moments, some really exciting moments. It has been a constant source of connection that we have committed to. I agree. It's also hard for me to track because Neo being over two has helped everything, right? Like he's, it's just helped everything. So I'm less stressed and all of that. But you know, you're right that definitely we've had some big ups and downs. I think maybe with some of the downs that we've had, it would have been easier to move further away. And instead, we've come back to closeness. But I do also, I do also feel like the times when we had down months, it shows in the numbers. And it's almost like a little bit of a spotlight glaring spotlight. It's not my favorite. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's like both directions. It just it's it is just more data. It is more data, but I also think it opened up our relationship understanding, not our individual understanding, but our relationship understanding to the ways in which we can create intimacy, and that is also a benefit. Like I think, what are we eight years into a marriage or something like that? And almost 10 years into knowing each other, like, and those are the points in which people typically say, like, it's like those, that run there is like a make or break time. And I think you do get into these kind of neuro pathways and grooves within your brain of like, okay, this is how we create connection. And, you know, you begin to do that because we have a toddler and we have full time jobs and our lives are busy. And it's just the easiest way from point A to point B because intimacy is required. But what this experiment did was it allowed us and it forced us to kind of expand that understanding. We were creating intimacy and being like, well, let's find new times to create intimacy in the in the schedule. You know, we were we started to be more innovative and creative around the ways that we were create. I've used create in here a million times. So create is clearly a key word in ways that we were, you know, establishing connection with ourselves and within our relationship. I'll tell you what I thought would be my favorite and is not. Middle of the workday, not my favorite. 
can't uh, not no not my favorite i just was like we both work at home that's where we're going to clock our hours that's not where we clock our hours it's much more important for me to be mentally present than physically Mm. present Mm -hmm. i've definitely learned that there's a scale of like sometimes you're physically not up for it you just ate a huge meal and had a huge day you're Mm -hmm. super tired right i get we get that but like the mental presence is really really important like my body could be in good shape for intimacy but if i'm having a stressful day at work and i have three projects on the docket even if i have a quote-unquote free hour it's still not the best time yeah my most favorite was the like late late night and early early morning Uh like the times when there was kind of like no pre-planned thing Uh it was just (laughs) gosh this is getting very intimate Yeah, I think the late night ones surprised me too. It's just those are times where we're just mad and exhausted and not interested in talking to each other at all. And so it was cool. All right, what are we really talking about here? All right, we're talking about this second baby. We're talking about what? We're talking about the second baby. Yeah. We have uh, an opportunity to have a second baby. Okay, one thing I want... Do we want a second baby? Oh my gosh. Here's what I want to say is I'm old, old, old friend of mine reached out yesterday. It was like, hey, the universe, you know, put a bug in my ear to think and I thought about you and I looked you up to try to figure out where you are and what you're doing and I found your podcast. And I have to let you know, I'm also going through fertility treatment and we are in the process of IVF and I feel so much less alone because of listening to your podcast and she very much appreciates it. So we've connected a little bit since then. And one of the things that both of us have had in common is we both have children. Our first baby coming from IVF, hers came without any uh, fertility treatment. And so it's hard. It's hard to process the ups and downs of IVF and the the it can be hard to process with people who haven't gone through it because they say they have comments that they make that are just out of touch. Right. And things that they curiosities and stuff. Like I had somebody say, Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't, I don't understand anything that you're saying or whatever. I can't even, you know, something kind of, and I was like, yeah, I wish I didn't understand anything I was saying. Like, I hate that I have to have all this knowledge. And I was listening to her talk about her experience and she has the inverse chromosome thing that we were talking about, uh, the husband, and she's talking about it with that science. And I'm like, damn, I I wish she didn't have to know all that. Mm. And and I can just hear it, the the exacerbated knowledge over this stuff. And, and then it's hard to talk about it with people who are struggling and haven't had success because they don't have a baby. So her and I are in that unique position where somebody could say, aren't you happy that at least you have? And it is true that we're happy that at least we have. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't also get to long for a different family or in addition to our family like other people have had or been able to have. And even though you have one child, like there's grief and loss, of course. And so it's been interesting and I'm glad she's connected with me. And I thought about how valuable, again, it is that we've tracked this since the beginning. So when we think about ambivalence, because we're having ambivalence about a second baby, what I talked to her about was how hard it is to have so many decisions. And you've talked so much about decision fatigue. And it's like, we have a baby. It's there. We did the egg retrieval. Now we're exhausted. Do we want to have that baby? Are we happy with our lives as it is? Like, 
the fact that we have to make the choice, I don't know, it's a lot. We're making a choice at every step of the way. And it, it's a it's a life-changing choice in either direction. And it's exhausting. And I'm so excited about the door we're about to close with your vasectomy. Get it on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate you saying all that. It's awesome that you connected with an old friend through the podcast. We didn't give the update about the fact that they did that genetic testing on us. And it turns out that we're not carriers of the thing that three of our embryos from this round had. So that's good. That means that this is a normal, chromosomally normal embryo. That's right. Yeah. We have one chromosomal, chromosomally, chromosomally normal embryo. Yep. Are we yeah, going to do, are again, we gonna do it have, now? Are we going to do it later? Are we going to wait? Are we going to have the baby? What did you decide? I have wavered. I have recently in the past couple months had all of these experiences with Neo, with our family, being by myself in the house, taking a walk with Pleat, feeling really settled and satisfied with our family. Being like, Wow. Just the enticing nature of it being over with is very present and real for me. And not just on the fertility journey, but just being like settled in like, this is our family moving forward. Like Neo's so amazing. We have an incredible time with him and just feeling really settled in our house, feeling really, really settled in our place, feeling really settled in our jobs. And like that experience is so fulfilling to me right now and of course along with that aligns these thoughts of why the hell are we doing this Mm. what what like what what are we adding a second kid for like are we adding a second kid because we have people in our lives that are always like when's number two coming or are we adding a second kid because we told ourselves that we wanted to before we had kids before we were in this position and we're just we're committed to seeing that through because it feels vulnerable to back away from that something you've a story you've told yourself for so long and then on the flip side am i now having these thoughts of just wanting one because it's it's not trusting in what i have felt like i've wanted for a long time it's like the cold feet syndrome i don't know that i mean that's classic we've had a lot of time to consider it so all of a sudden it's you know if we had if it did just happen then it wouldn't yeah if the first round had happened it would have just happened that would have been it yeah i think also the protectiveness and the desire for it to be done and the tiredness that we're experiencing but you know part of why i think we're doing it is because we did the retrieval and that's what we wanted a few months ago and i think we're just feeling into some of the tiredness and you know the season is shifting into a more downgraded quiet time. It's not a springtime, energy time, production time. So I think that there's a couple of factors playing into it. And we have had to consider what it would be like just to have one. And I think we've thought a lot about it because that might be the case for us because we there's no guarantee on this embryo. And then we're feeling like, oh, okay, I've now allowed myself to consider how this might look and I can see a lot of benefit. So yeah. I'm ready to talk to that baby medium. Tell you what. Yeah, I felt in the past couple of days like we had a conversation about this and I really felt like I was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's just do the, do the transfer whenever we do the transfer. And I still feel that way. I'm like, okay, there's some enticing thoughts here about what our lives may look like, but I feel really settled in giving this last try a try. Oh, you do? Yeah. Good. 
Yeah. Okay. That's where I'm at right now. Okay. I had very serious like doubts. Yeah, not doubts is the wrong word, yeah. but like very serious like confidence in being not doubts in having a second one, more just like settledness in mm-hmm. just having one. Mm-hmm. Being like this is it. For me, I just can't I can't imagine leaving, like having gone through that egg retrieval just for a couple of months ago, we were so sure. And then leaving that baby on the table. Like, I just can't imagine it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's for, almost impossible. the key decision here for us was to do that next egg retrieval. Mm-hmm. I think if we hadn't done that next egg retrieval and been like, well, that was it. You had a really strong. But it was also how I processed my grief. I was like, I can't be done. But I even afterwards, I felt really right about it you know it was when they were like this is how many you have and it might not actually be as chromosomally normal as we think and all of a sudden in that three-week waiting period for our genetics that was where I was like okay so now that you've gotten our genetics back you feel settled in giving this one a try I just don't I it's the opposite I don't feel like I can leave that baby on the table I just don't it's just it's it's such a bigger it's a bigger picture thing I hear that yeah Setting that aside, what do you want? I hear that you can't leave that baby. I understand that totally. Do you want a second kid? There is a lot of unknown about having a second kid. What I'm appreciating about this is that there is known. Like we know Neo. It is scary to me just to have one, you know, you don't know if you're going to have a good relationship with that kid. You you know, you hope for the best for them, all of these things, but it's just one shot at that. My family on my side is just little, 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 right? And it's like, maybe that's part of the culture of my family, but then it's also, I just don't know what it's going to be like to have a second kid. You know, some people have easy pregnancies, easy birth, easy time postpartum, easy babies. So it might just be an easy addition to the family. And then all of a sudden, these other pieces about like, we don't have enough rooms in our house or this, that, and the other just start to fall in place. And, you know, we had somebody over to the house the other day and she was like, I'm my kid's only form of entertainment because that kid's an only child and I was like yeah and but you and I like that like we're always together we always do stuff together I don't know babe it is hard for me to think about having a second baby right now it's hard for me to come out straight out and say if you ask for my gut reaction I don't want a second kid yeah because I can't leave that baby on the table so it's not gonna be yeah. that way See, I, yeah you can't separate them yeah And I think that that's where I started out with this of like some people are trying so hard to have a baby and here we have a whole pathway towards it. But we're not them. It's not a game of comparisons, but it is hard to say that. And I do want to be sensitive to the people who are hearing Uh, that. Of course. What does it truly look like to put your needs above everything else and your desires above everything else? Because we are in a situation where the outside pressure is relevant There is societal, cultural, all kinds of pressure to say you need to be doing this. I'm asking the question again as an exercise, not as a final decision, Mm. as an exercise. But what do you mean to put yourself above everybody else? Because you can't put yourself above me in this situation and I can't put myself above you. You know, we have to talk it through and consider each other because you weren't really all that stoked about a se- another retrieval. But and then you were really excited. And then we've got to consider Neo. You know, it's like we can't do it in a vacuum. You can't. No. But at least between you and I. Of course. I can't. I can also enter that conversation between you and I with opinions. Yeah. And, and you have given over a lot of the decision making to me. 
Yeah. Because uh, my body. Your body. I think the way that I approach it is I may have an opinion right now of I just want one kid. Now, that is a data. (laughs) Speaking of data with our sex goal, that's a data point on the thing. That's a starting point in this process. It's an important one. It's also a starting point of now we have a legitimate embryo. That's also another thing. Another point may be where you're at. Maybe you want a second kid outside of you just want to use that embryo. Maybe your true self, that's why I'm asking, outside of everything else, what do you want? That is just a data point. If you can approach a situation where you are 100% clear and honest of all these different factors, then the conversation becomes accurate and intentional and you can really have a healthy good conversation about it but if you come in giving your opinion based on other things that that you are factoring into your opinion not your true honest opinion then the outcome is you know i really appreciate that i hear you like if we in ourselves say our honest opinion then we get to consider all these other factors so do you want a second kid gut reaction Gut reaction, do I want a second kid? Yes. Oh, did you almost say no? I had to think about it. I mean, I've had, again, yeah, I've, yeah, I've had you deep do. moments. You do. I do now. I you remember I do. last night when... Ple- I think if you asked me two weeks ago, I would say no. Wow. Wow. Do you remember when Pleate had to poop at one thirty in the morning last night? Barely, because I was in a stupor. Do you remember that I also needed you to close the vent in Neo's room so that we could turn the air conditioning on? Yes. Do you remember how rude you were? (laughs) No. (laughs) Do you remember that that was like every 40 minutes when we had a baby? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's not apples to apples, so, but yeah, totally. You're right. I want the dog is not as important as the baby. I wonder if and you know when you're when the baby's in that bassinet next to you and it starts like crying. I mean, like there's it's just a different thing. I wonder if we'll it'll feel easier because we'll have only donated milk. You know, I pumped so hard last time, but you know, and there will definitely be things that will be harder. I'm sure, but there are some clear ways in which it will be easier. Yeah. You know, I saw this um, this woman on Instagram who she has uh, she had a second baby and she's in the camp of the first baby was really easy. And the second baby being more difficult came as a surprise. And she goes to bed at 8 p.m. and wakes up at I think it's like 1 a.m. Husband goes to bed at 1 a.m. and wakes up uh, at 6 a.m. But she they she starts her day at 1 a.m. They shouldn't go back to sleep. And because they have another kid they take care of and then there's other things that they do like work. So but that's what they have to do because the baby cannot be put down and they've tried it all. Has to be held. Mm-hmm. It's a little, little baby. Yeah. Regardless, I think just the idea that one of us can wake up and feed the baby while the other one sleeps is just incredible. Now, getting the baby back to sleep after you feed them, that, that's the part that you're going to do. So Amen. you get to get up every time. That's right. Really? I love you. If it's going to be done, I might as well approach it with a like can-do attitude, even <laughs> if I, I know I might fail. <laughs> oh, I get you now. But it dece- it's a little deceiving because I'm like, this he's going to be great at this. And then our relationship gets cracked in half, which is back to the beginning why we needed a sex goal. Yeah, right. And what about you? Do you want a second kid? Mm-mm. Yeah, there we go. So that's that's a great starting place. And thank you for being honest with that. Not fun. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> 
Did you used to think that you wanted to? Yo, yeah, since yeah. the day I met Neo. Uh, let me just say, I thought he was a sibling, but I the question I asked most in the first year of Neo's life was, why would you even have one? Yeah. And then I was like, and then now that you've, uh, this is to my, all my friends, and now that you had one, how on earth did you make the decision to have two? Like what demonic thing entered your body? Yeah. But I just knew he was a sibling. And now I don't see him that way as much. He's just an awesome only right now. And he doesn't say that he wants one. I know friends who have kids who say uh, that they want a sibling. He doesn't say that. I don't know, babe. It just, it got real good in the last year. Yeah, it really did. Half year. Like once he turned two, it just like... Yeah. God, but now really we have this healthy embryo out there, which is an important point. We're in gonna this conversation. do the transfer. And there you go. What would you ever consider not doing the transfer? I'm open to that. Well, you like, really what would you do with the baby? That would be a separate conversation, mm-hmm. but I'm able to compartmentalize that. That's not I don't need to answer that question. This is an, an incredible benefit. We live in a world of that choice. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a that is a healthy thing for our society Mm -hmm. to have that choice. Mm -hmm. And that's my personal belief about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of emotion that comes up about that, but it is a choice. And I think that that choice is an important choice to have. Now, do we then that's just another conversation. But I think that that is a evolution to a healthier, more like loving open society like anyway i could go on about mm, this but i love it yeah but that is a necessary thing even though it is hitting against some sort of like innate it does you know mm-hmm. uh sense in us so some very deep biological sense in us mm-hmm. of a procreation of species mm-hmm. but that's an evolution point i think for us mm-hmm. as a species mm-hmm. doesn't make it any easier mm-hmm. but i think if we're honest with ourselves mm-hmm. The ability to be truly honest with yourself, not as a decision, but as a factor in your decision. Mm -hmm. Because we make decisions based on so many different things. And especially a decision like this this is absolutely Mm life-changing. That so many people are impacted by it. Mm -hmm. That we are deeply impacted by it. That our work is deeply, my organization, your business, deeply impacted by this. Mm -hmm. People in our circle and our friends group, deeply impacted by this decision. Mm -hmm. All of that matters, and that's okay that it matters, Mm -hmm. and you should be able to have the ability to say what your true desire is Mm -hmm. in addition to all that, and, you know, we're in that process right now. Mm. So it sounds like we have to sit with it? It sounds like... We're going to do it. We're going to do it because it sounds like if I want a second kid, I've kind of come to that. I was, again, if you asked me two weeks ago, I think I was there, but I've really sat with it and I work like internally, I've worked it. I truly feel that. Mm -hmm. And you, you cannot leave, Mm -hmm. even though you don't really want a second kid, you cannot leave another embryo on the table. I want a second kid. I think there's just other things. I think we're going to do the transfer. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that we're going to get a second kid, Mm -hmm. but we're going to do the transfer Mm -hmm. and then be done. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think I want? I'm just curious because you often know you you often see through my ambivalence of things and my the way that my mind thinks about things and makes decisions. I think you want a second kid, <laughs> even though that was 
there were two options <laughs> want one and don't want one and i asked you the question think, i'm so annoyed what i do think you, mean? you do because i think that i think that Where's the baby going to live? In a closet? There is something that the second kid will, you know, deepen down. And I'm guessing here, the clearly. The old deepen down. But you know, <laughs> in the old deepen down, <laughs> that the second kid is going to teach you, give you something you, that you really need in your life. What if our other one was the second kid that taught me something that I really needed in my life? Well, that's a good counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just think anybody's going to teach me something I really need in life. Anybody I encounter. I know what you're saying. And that's not, that's been a pretty consistent theme. So. Great. Okay. All right. Big decision. Thanks for listening. It's a hard one to have on, on the podcast. It's real. Okay. All right. Love love you. Thanks y'all for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.